And, you know, AJ has special one as well. So uh, I expect them boys to just dominate each and every week. Them guys, them guys work hard, you know. Shoot, man, we be, you know, we be getting out there in practice. So the only thing we can do is go up. You know, we could keep competing with the both of us, with me and JB, AJ and Smitty and Quez and Tay. We all we gonna do is continue to keep getting each other better in practice. So uh, the sky's the limit for all both our groups. What's up, Eagles Nation? This is Pablo Gary, and you're now locked into the I Feel Good podcast. What's up, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the I Feel Good Podcast. Phil spelled P-H-I-L, and I don't know about you, but I feel really good. Did the game go how we expected? Probably not. Was it was it pretty? No. But we were on the road. We got the win. We're 1-0 to start the season, and that's all you can ask for. I'm super excited to have you guys join me in the first episode, man. The first episode, the Eagles get their first win. Thank you guys uh, so much for joining me uh, from wherever you are in this digital space, be it Apple Podcasts, be it Spotify, Twitter, YouTube. Just thank you so much for showing your support. Uh, this is something that I've been working on for a very long time, and we finally got it up and running. I'm really excited about it and uh, really want to put something together that you guys can uh, be proud of, um, you know, uh, something that you guys can uh, subscribe to, support, and, and be a part of the entire season. My goal is to just, you know, upgrade and and take the Eagle experience up. You know, I, I am a big podcast listener and a bunch of podcasts that I listen to and YouTube creators that, you know, I'm subscribed to. And, you know, is there's never enough Eagle content out there. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I started it. And, you know, I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, your support. Um, and I also want to give a special shout out to my, my beautiful wife uh, and my son, Gabrielle, uh, and my son, Pablo, the second, um, you know, without their support, um, I wouldn't be able to, you know, be right here in front of you guys today. So let's get into today's podcast. First, I want to start with Jalen Hurts. Sometimes I got to remind myself that Jalen Hurts is 24 years old. And I think a lot of times we forget, like, how young he is. Obviously, this is his third year um, with the Eagles, but the kid is really young. His development is, is something that is very, very exciting to see. You know, when you look at across the league how – General managers understand, look, we have to get our young quarterback a number one wide receiver. You look at what the Bills did for Josh Allen. They brought in Stephon Diggs. You look at what the Bengals did for Joe Burrow. They brought in Jamar Chase. And now you see what the Philadelphia Eagles did for Jalen Hurts and bringing in A.J. Brown and, you know, you know your Devontae Smiths of the world. What's so exciting is imagine when this offense has A.J. Brown clicking Imagine when this offense has Devontae Smith involved. Imagine when this offense has Dallas Goddard, you know, going across the middle, doing his thing, controlling the middle of the field, and then you still have to worry about Miles Sanders and the rest of our running backs. And then you still have to worry about Jalen Hurts. And I, I just think, you know, watching this game, Howie Roseman, he did a very, very good job in putting the pieces around Jalen. He is set up right now, to be an elite quarterback. Whenever you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, all the weapons that he has, you have to develop. You have to get better. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're just seeing the early stages of it, you know, because you guys got to understand this team is 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 new, right? A.J. Brown was on the Tennessee Titans roster last year. He was in a whole different offensive scheme, new old plays, right? So, 
he has to come in and get familiar with the offense, right? Even though him and Jalen are best friends, that doesn't guarantee success. Those guys got to go do it on the field. It was great to see that they can do it, right? They, you know, Eagles paying A.J. Brown all that money, it's, it's paying off. You know, $100 million, you want to you make sure, you know, your investment is, is there. And, and it was. You know, A.J. Brown, 10 catches, 155 yards, 15.5 yards per catch, dragging guys all over the football field, stiff-arming guys. One guy couldn't take them down. So when you look at that and you say to yourself, man, this, this offense can be really, really special, and it really can. If we can just continue to build the formula, you know, and when when you got new guys coming together, these guys have to learn who's going to make plays when and, and where, right? Like, it's the first time they're playing together. You you can train together all offseason. You, you can be buddy-buddy. You can be best friends. But until you get on the football field and until you put it all together, that's when you can see what you really are. I think the weird thing about week one was the fact that it was a lot of adversity in this game. Oftentimes, the first game of the season, you know, talent sort of wins. You know, just like, I'm better than you. That's it. But we played a Detroit team that, you know, they're on HBO. The world is watching them, finally. They got a little bit of attention, and they want to show the world who they really are. And and I, I commend Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn and, and that whole coaching staff, Deuce Staley, for you know, getting those guys ready because they came out swinging. They came out ready to go, and I don't know if we were expecting that, but at the end of the day, we were able to get it done. But but what I see is, hmm, this team gave us their best, and we didn't even play all of our players. We barely played Jordan Davis. N'Kobe Dean didn't see the field. So no N'Kobe Dean, no Jordan Davis, no Devontae Smith, and we still was able to win. Just imagine when we put it all together. Imagine when this whole thing starts clicking together as one whole unit, right? Week one is is always a weird week across the league, right? There are teams that start off 1-0 and never win a game for the rest of the season. You look at a team in week one, and then they come week two, and they're a, a completely different ball club, right? So it was good for us to get that first punch in the mouth to see if we can respond, to see if we can respond. There were a lot of breakdowns in the offensive line. You know, Jalen Hurts had to do a lot of, you know, escaping the pocket. I know some people may, you know, think it was a lot of design runs, but it wasn't. Overall, the offensive line played well. But the times that Jalen had to escape and, and you know, sort of run on third down and, and sort of pick it up with his legs, it was because the pocket was breaking down. And I thought he did a great job standing in there trying to, you know, get through his progressions. And if he had to take off, you know, he, he did just that. So, you know... Nick Sirianni, he he coached a, a solid game. The biggest issue that I have with Nick Sirianni is it's this ongoing trait that I that I notice. I notice that we have this weird habit of whenever we're up on teams, whenever we have a 17-point lead, the Eagles tend to take their foot off the gas. We we start to play conservative. We have the teams on the ropes. We have them right where we want them, and then Something happens, and I think Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff offensively and defensively, we got to do a better job of keeping our foot on the gas from start to finish. You talk about dog mentality. At this point, I want to ask Nick Sirianni, what kind of dog are the Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, are we, I mean, what are we, a chihuahua? Are we a poodle, golden doodle, right? Because when a pit bull decides to attack, it attacks. There's no way you're getting that pit bull off. 
when it decides to lock his jaws and attack, it's it's over. And I and I think that's that mentality the Eagles have to invite back into this organization is listen, when we clamp down on you, the only way the Eagles going to are going to stop is if the referees come over and say the game is over. Please, guys, enough is enough. Because we have a bunch of bullies on this team. A.J. Brown is a bully. Jordan Davis is a bully. We have a bunch of bullies on this team. So when they have this conservative sort of outlook on the game, it goes against who the Philadelphia Eagles are as a whole, as a, as a, as a city, as a, as a team. The thing that we talk about, hungry dogs run faster. Right, We have to keep that to the very end. And I think once we get the formula together with the offense, once we hold on to that mentality of playing aggressive from start to the, to the end of the game, not letting up in the third quarter, not letting up in early in the fourth quarter, but playing aggressive from start to finish, once we do that and once Jonathan Gannon gets himself together in that defense, I think this team – as a whole, you know, will will be better. You know what I mean. So I again, man, I I was I was impressed. If you look at the offense, to me, it was running efficient. You know, you talk about the running game. We had four different guys with uh, rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts is one of them. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenny Gainwell. When you have four different guys running and scoring touchdowns, that that says something. That that speaks volumes, and you know, I think. That was a good thing because it tells you, okay, we can still we can still run this ball. You know, I think last year, Eagles, you know, leading the league and rushing, some people thought that was sort of fluke and nah, they could never do that again. And it just it, it just that was just a one time thing, right? And then you come back the following year, your first game, and all of your guys score rushing touchdowns. So it, it tells me that Nick Sirianni, you're not trying to get away from the running game just because you have AJ Brown. That's a great spot to be in, and it shows me not growth just in what Jalen Hurts is doing, but what Nick Sirianni is doing as a coach. Because he's young, too. Nick, Nick Sirianni is very young, right? So to see Nick Sirianni get to a place where he can say, okay, this is who we are. This is what works. We're going to stick to it. Yeah, we have a superstar X-Factor wide receiver, but we're not going to let that deter us from running the football. And I think that's key. You know, one thing I want to highlight is – Something that he did this offseason I thought was very, very, um, very mature for him to do, especially being a young coach. You know, a lot of young coaches, they get an opportunity in this league and they, they're like so like headstrong on proving to this league that they are supposed to be in that role. Right. And, you know, when Nick Sari came, Nick Sariani came out, excuse me, and he talked about, you know, how he was going to defer the play calling responsibilities to Shane Steichich. Man, I thought that was just like the best thing in the world. If there was a, a developmental area in his game as a coach, I thought that was the like the best step that he could have taken to get better. Just give somebody else the responsibilities, allow yourself to be able to focus on the offense, but then also focus on the defense, but then also focus on the special teams. And you see how it, it helps it helps the, the team in general. And I think it helps Jalen as well. You know, now Jalen doesn't have Nick Sirianni's voice. He doesn't have Shane Steichen's voice. He doesn't have Brian Johnson's voice. He doesn't have all of these voices in his ear. He can just go out there and play. He can literally just go out there and play and, you know, be in his second year. 
of the, you know, with the same offense. Nick Sirianni stepping back and allowing somebody else and really dropping his pride. To me, that was big. That's that's like a lot of guys can't do that. Like Sean McVay, I think that's why the Buffalo Bills. Now, he's a great offensive coordinator, so it really, you know, just can't, can't really say that. But if Sean McVay sort of struggled, I still don't think that he would give up play call. Minus the Super Bowl, minus all of that. I'm saying... I just think he's he has that personality where he wants to do it. And you could tell Nick Sirianni's rookie year, he wanted to show everybody, hey, I'm a former Division three wide receiver. You know, I know how to, you know, scheme up guys. And it didn't go so well his first year. He didn't let pride get in the way. He said, okay, next season, I'm going to let it go, let somebody else do it. You guys know what other Eagle coach that was very, very successful in Philadelphia who, do the, who did the exact same thing in his second year? <clears throat> that happens to be Big Red, Andy Reid. You know, Andy Reid was the Eagles head coach his second year. He gave up the play call of duties, right? So, and we saw how successful he was. And so, I say all that to say, you know, just, just looking at this team and the adversity that we had to face week one, a lot of that is because there's accountability. There's finally accountability. You see Jalen Hurts, he's not afraid to take accountability. He's not afraid to admit when he's wrong. He's not afraid to have the target on his back. He's not afraid for guys to pull him aside and say, hey, man, you, you could do this a little better. Or, hey, Jalen, I think you should really get down to protect yourself. Or, hey, man, don't, don't take those type of hits. And you see how everything really starts with accountability. And then when you have that, guys can sit up there and say, okay, they can really humble themselves and say, all right, I'm not really the best in this in this role, right? And I think that's what Nick Sirianni did. So, um, again, man, overall, I think the offense played well. What I will say is Miles Sanders. We'll talk about Miles Sanders really quick. I, mean, I thought he played a very, very good game, great game, actually. You know, with all the talk about his hamstring and, you know, whether he was going to be healthy or not for this game, um, it's crazy because it's sort of how football works. You know, it's the guy who you who, who you think won't even suit up to play in the game that ends up, you know, putting the game away in the fourth quarter. I mean, Miles Sanders obviously he had 13 carries for 96 yards, but he had that huge run in the fourth quarter on third and like four to you know convert four first four first down to help the Eagles run out the clock just a little bit more, ultimately winning the game and. He played a hell of a game. He only had 13 carries, but I think it's good. Having a low amount of carries for Miles Sanders is good because every single opportunity he has to make the most of it because he doesn't know when he's going to get the ball again, right? Especially when you got A.J. Brown. Now Devontae Smith, he he has to eat, and we know he's going to eat. That's That was just how the game dictated itself. That that would never happen in the rest of Devontae Smith's you know, his career. Like him having zero catches – for zero yards. I mean, that that's literally, literally would never happen again. But what I like about A.J. Brown being in this offense and Miles Sanders wanting the ball and Devontae Smith wanting the ball and Dallas Goddard wanting the ball and Jalen having to use his legs to, you know, to help this team is now, guys, they make the most of their opportunities. They make the most of their opportunities. You don't know when the next time you're going to get the football, right? So when you have it in your hand, do something with it. Moving on and transitioning to this defense. <laughs> To Jonathan Gannon, 35 points. You give up 35 points in week one. I'm not going to get on Jonathan Gannon too hard 
But I, I just don't understand the whole Jordan Davis not playing a lot. He only played 22 reps. He's your first-round pick. I thought it was going to be, um, you know, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave. You know, I thought those guys were going to be rotating like clockwork. Jordan Davis, number 90, is just sitting on the sideline. He's watching the game. He's not in the game. He's watching the game. And I'm like, what, what's going on here? I mean, the kid, DeAndre Swift, from uh, he's from Philadelphia. The, the Lions started running back. And Jamal Williams, they, they had uh, Jamal Williams, their backup running back. They have a very good one-two punch over there. Those guys just, they gassed us this, you know, the entire game. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought we, I thought we drafted somebody to be able to stop this. <laughs> and this guy, you know, he's on, he's on the sideline. And so I don't know what Jonathan Gannon is doing. You know, I, I, I don't know if he's trying to keep guys fresh. I don't know if he's trying to ease Jordan Davis and, you know, N'Kobe Dean and uh, the rest of the guys you know, into the lineup. But, you know, when you draft a guy top 15, that they, they got to play. You know, there's other guys across the league that, you know, drafted third round, fourth round. They're starting, right? And then your first rounder, you know, he only gets 22 reps. So something's, something's not right with that pitcher. I also think the defense, you know, Jonathan Gannon, we have to get to a place where he is not taking his foot off the gas in terms of play calling. Right, because there were some times where it just seemed like the Eagles was just again playing this bend but don't break defense, allowing them to do what they want to do, and it's just like, man, do something about it. But I will say there were a ton of blitzes, and I I honestly only remember Jonathan Gannon blitzing last year maybe once or twice. I'm sure he did it more, but I personally only remember him blitzing literally once or twice. It just blitzing just wasn't who we were. But against the Detroit Lions. There were there were a number of blitzes that got to Jared Goff that rattled him a little bit, and that's that's encouraging to see. You know, sometimes coaches need time to sort of implement new things, you know, in their scheme so that that they can trust it a little bit. You know, it's it's this give and take. You know, like the coach needs to trust it, the coach needs to trust the player, the player needs to trust the coach, and all of that stuff takes time. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, that's why we play seventeen games. You know, you have to get to a point as a football team where you can trust each other. And I think on the offensive side and defensive side, that's what this really was all about. Week one is all about building trust. It's all about, you know, who can step up, who's going to be your playmakers. You know, it's really just about shaking the, shaking the Eagles tree. Like when you shake the tree, who's, who, you know, who's, who's who? Who's going to show up? Who's going to come to play? Who's, who's coming to produce, right? So overall, we got to get Jordan Davis in the game. You know, he's 6'6", 340, 50 pounds. You got to get him in the game. I, I just don't understand. And I would have loved to see N'Kobe Dean in the game just because DeAndre Swift, he was really gashing us to the outside. T.J. Edwards, he is he's a great inbox linebacker. But when it comes to sideline to sideline, T.J. Edwards moving horizontally is, is not a good T.J. Edwards. When T.J. Edwards can run downhill and when he's backpedaling, he can do a little bit for you. I thought N'Kobe Dean can jump right in, right, sideline to sideline, you know, get into the football, see ball, get ball, uh, and, and making the play, right? Like, if the Philadelphia Eagles thought that DeAndre Swift was something, they might want to rethink that because come Monday night when the Minnesota Vikings come to the link, you got to deal with James Cook. And James Cook is 10 times better, to me, in my opinion, than DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is probably a top 20 running back, 
James Cook is probably top five. We don't have a lot of time, right, to, <laughs> you know, figure this thing out because Monday night, Jalen Rager comes to town, right? Minnesota Vikings come to town. They got Justin Jefferson, right? And another thing on defense, we got to wrap up. Too many arm tackling, you know, and a lot of guys are pointing to the lack of preseason games and the lack of hitting and all of that. You know, it, it is what it is. I personally think that the Eagles have great cover corners. Talk about Darius Slay, Vontae Maddox, and Bradbury. Bradbury with the with the awesome pick six, by the way. And Kaiser White, another linebacker. Now, I trust Kaiser White getting to the edge and, and, and you know, going sideline to sideline. That guy's been super disruptive, and I definitely think he's going to be in line for a contract extension if he continues to develop and play how he's playing. The Eagles, not even just the Eagles, like if you look across the league, can you find me a cornerback who is going to play the run? And when I mean play the run, I mean come down and hit, hit you. It's not afraid to hit you and cover. I think it's about two guys can do that. Only two guys in this league can really truly do that at a high level. Um, and I think it's Jalen Ramsey and Jair Alexander. Darius Slay is a cover corner. He'll he'll try to tackle you. He'll get in the way. And there's no shade to Darius. It's just he's 31. Business decisions. Bradbury, same way. He'll attempt to do it, but he's not going to come down and strike you, right? So, And I thought that's how we were attacked against the Detroit Lions. You don't think Deuce Staley said, man, listen, if you guys can get past that interior defensive line and get to the edge – and get to um, Bradbury and Slate, we, it's going to be a long day for the Eagles. The way DeAndre Smith was running that ball, he he was running like a freak train. He wanted to run people over, right? So that's why it's more important <laughs> to have Jordan Davis on the field, right, to sort of clog the middle up. And Hassan Reddick, those guys, Derek Barnett, unfortunately torn ACL, so Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, those guys have to step up. You know, and if I'm being honest, I know you're from Philly, Hassan, but you, you didn't do too much for me. Howie Roseman paid you a ton of money, and I didn't see a lot of anything. He was the only – Hassan Reddick was the player that I was – I thought he was going to come out and just like hell on wheels, and it just was very average. It was very average. He, he, he if I'm being honest, Hassan Reddick was the biggest disappointment in week one for me. He was because I just I didn't see any pressures. I didn't see any tackles. I didn't see any sacks. At least you could get out there and cover somebody in the flats. I didn't see that. Is it a Hassan Reddick issue? Is it a Jonathan Gannon issue? You know, there's a lot of people on Twitter saying, hey, it's Jonathan Gannon. He finally has his pieces, right? And it. He has he has the personnel and, and and the scheme is still not working. The scheme is still giving up thirty five points. Also, want to highlight uh, Gardner Johnson, the newly acquired safety from the Saints. I thought he played a very very good game, considering he's only had what nine ten days in the playbook. You have nine ten days in the playbook and you come out there and you you make plays. Yeah, you're a baller, and I loved how we we schemed him up. You know, he played safety, obviously. But there were some plays where, you know, they disguised him as a nickel. You know, he he got some pressure. You know, he almost had an interception. So he he definitely is a true playmaker, and I'm excited to see what he looks like week 10, week 15, right? Deep in the season. Deep in the season where, where guys are really clicking and, and 
the offense is where it needs to be and this defense is where it needs it needs to be. But I'm not going to get, you know, too – I'm not going to go too crazy on week one. You know, I'm not going to go too crazy on Jonathan Gannon. I definitely think, you know, listen, you come out Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings flat with that same defense that you had in Detroit, the Eagles are going to lose that game. My best advice to Jonathan Gannon is come out swinging, play Jordan Davis, maybe get Kobe Dane in there because guess what? It's going to be a long game. You got James Cook. You got Justin Jefferson. You got, you know, Adam Thielen. You got Jalen Rager you got to worry about. He's on the, you know, he he's, he's you know, about to have his breakout season to put up 1,500 yards. He may have a breakout game on the Eagles, 200 yards on us. It's a lot of guys you got to worry about. A lot of guys. So, um, week one, I'm impressed overall. I'm impressed. Jalen was poised. He held his own. Um, Miles Sanders, he stepped up to the table. Pretty much had 100 yards on 13 carries. You got to see what a A.J. Brown looks like in this offense when he's clicking. And you didn't get to see what Devontae Smith looked like in his offense. It's all great. Dallas Goddard had a couple of touches, right? So week one, we we saw a lot. We saw a heck of a whole lot. And it's, it's, it's just the sky is really... The sky is not even a limit. The sky is the floor for this offense. It is literally the floor for this Philadelphia Eagles offense. All we need Jalen to do is continue to be the point guard, continue to lead these guys, continue to throw these guys alley-oops, continue to protect yourself, allow Miles Sanders to do his thing. Shane Steichich, I didn't. I don't think the play calling was terrible. Would you want some plays back? Of course. That's every single team, every single coach in this league. Everybody wants plays back. But I think he he called a decent game. It wasn't nothing crazy. Wasn't nothing too outlandish. It was what was necessary for week one. And the Philadelphia Eagles got the victory. So I hope you guys are excited, man, about this season, about this team. I see the potential already. Uh, you know, I see where we could go. A lot of people are talking about Super Bowl. A lot of people are talking about playoffs. But I'm taking it game by game, week by week. The Eagles have to play and produce, period. If you play and produce, we'll let whatever take care of itself. I think if we go out there and just take it day by day, stay even kill, not get too cocky, not get too arrogant, be where our feet are, I think we are going to have success. I don't think there's a lot of teams that's going to be able to deal with what the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, you know, have waiting for them. The NFC East is wide open now. Dak Prescott, out six, eight weeks. Carson Wentz, okay, you get your first win with the Commanders, okay. But you got to do that the entire season. They're not going to do that the entire season. Giants, you get your first win, okay. Not going to do that the entire season. The NFC East is literally for the taking. It's for the taking. There's no reason why the Philadelphia Eagles should not seize this opportunity right now to take the lead in the NFC East and do what we need to do. The only thing that kind of made me mad this <laughs> week one is that, you know, obviously the Eagles have the New Orleans Saints first round pick and, you know, we need them to lose almost every game they possibly can. And, you know, I'm watching the game and they're down, they're down 
most of the game. And uh, next thing I know, I turn on the TV. This is when I knew that the Eagles had the game. And it said the Saints won. And I'm like, man, come on, Marcus Mariota. Come on, Kyle Pitts. Come on, A.J. Terrell. Like, what are you guys doing? You guys got to get us the W, right? But they, they, they didn't get it done. Jameis Winston and the Saints, they got it done. Um, they play Tampa Bay next week, so most likely that's an L. So they'll be one and one next week. So, you know, they got a really tough schedule. So we'll, we'll see what it is at the end of the season. But, man, I'm praying that that pick is a very high pick because, man, it's, it's, it's a lot of talent coming out in the draft. And, um, you know, I just, I, I just see – I'm not looking at this Eagles team just for this season. You know, I'm not looking at it just for this season. I, I can see – you guys know that A.J. Brown is only 24, 25. You guys know Jalen Hurts is only 24. Devontae Smith is only 23. Dallas God is only 27. Your offensive line outside of Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, everybody's under 26. Like, this thing can be something that we have for a very, very long time. You know, a lot of guys throw out the D word, man, the dynasty word. And I think the Eagles are on the verge of it. If we can, you know, get the right players in the draft, if we can continue to build, imagine Jalen Hurts at 28 years old, and that's still young. That's four years away. Somebody is trying to get a college degree in four years, and Jalen has four more years before he turns 28. Imagine a seasoned, more developed, more experienced Jalen Hurts at 28 years old. A.J. Brown at 28 years old. Devontae Smith at 28 years old. Imagine a 28-year-old Jordan Mulata. Imagine a 28-year-old Cam Jernigans. Jernigans. I mean, Miles Sanders, right? Like, this this thing is exciting, man. It, it truly is exciting. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. You know, I, I enjoyed it, man, uh, talking about the Eagles. And uh, definitely, guys, catch me right back here next week. All right? I'm going to be dropping the podcast right after the hopefully the Monday night victory against the Minnesota Vikings. Do not sleep on that team. Do not sleep on the Minnesota Vikings. Please, please, please. That 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 would be the game that Jalen Hurts comes in. I'm sorry, Jalen Rager. That would be the game that Jalen Rager comes back to the link, back to Philadelphia. And, and has a career day. I'm not sleeping on the Minnesota Vikings, man, but I'm proud of the Philadelphia Eagles in week one, defeating the Detroit Lions 38 to 35. I am your host, Pablo Gary, and it's been my pleasure to be a part of your Eagle experience. See you next time.